When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, welcome to the Self of Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Kupfer. I'm joined by Alex Silver and Dr. Justin Quinn. It's round one. It's Celtics Hawks. We've got a lot to discuss, so we're going to hop right into it. And to do all of that, we welcome in Pat Benson from All Hawks and Fan Nation Sports Illustrated. Pat, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. We're a little surprised. We thought we were going to book a guest for the Miami Heat, but the Hawks pulled it out. Um, if it makes you feel better, I'm surprised too. We were all expect we were all planning for a Friday night matchup against the Toronto Raptors, and obviously both of those predictions were wrong. Yeah, uh, well, we're lucky to have you here. We're lucky uh, to have such an esteemed guest, and perhaps the Celtics are lucky to play the Hawks. But we'll get into the matchup in just a moment. The series starts on Saturday, and the second game will be on Tuesday. Where uh, this then there's kind of a long break, so the game three is until next Friday and then four in uh, the following Sunday, and then back and forth we go. So uh, kind of spread out, I think. I mean, that's just the nature of the playoff beasts, especially in the first few rounds. So, Pat, um, we're going to do a little bit of news, and then we'll really jump into this matchup. And we're going to start with uh, some hardware stuff. And it's not technically been announced, but it's been widely reported that Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings has won coach of the year. And Joe Missoula was one of five coaches to receive a vote. So let me clarify on that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go I got that. I got that. Wrong. <laughs> so, um, Mike Brown has won the coaches association. Coach oh, this is not the official media coach of the year vote. Year. However, um, the coach of the year uh, coaches vote is extremely strongly correlated with the eventual winner of the award. So to hear that about Mike Brown suggests that he is a overwhelming front front runner to win the award. Cool. Anyone who's in Boston right now who suffers from seasonal allergies knows that I can barely spell my own name <laughs> in this moment. So I'm going to say mute culpa and let's move it on. Uh, the more important hardware that some people are spending a lot of time kind of mining the internet to see where the votes are as they come in are for Celtics fans, all NBA uh, vis-a-vis Jalen Brown and six man award, the six man of the year award, Malcolm Brogdon, Pat, where would you put Jalen Brown, if at all on your all NBA teams? Yeah, I think he definitely deserves a spot, probably second or third all NBA team. Okay. Um, And where would you put Malcolm Brogdon on or off your six man of the year ballot? Uh, you know, I haven't really dug too deep into it, nor have I followed Malcolm Brogdon that closely this year. So I'm going to defer to the experts on this one. All right, Alex, Justin, the experts, any chance that Brogdon doesn't win this? So the early vote tally going around the now somewhat prominent um, NBA awards counter spreadsheet that is available on Twitter, Reddit, all other places 
suggests that Brogdon has a slight lead, at least on the early returns over Emmanuel quickly. That lead is expanded as of today, but it's so early. There's, I think, only like 14% of the votes counted that it's hard to say with any certainty. That being said, it's definitely a good sign for Malcolm. And I think given, you know, Homer bias, as well as my own just assessment of how well those two players have played this year, I would not be surprised if Malcolm is the one who wins that award at the end of the day. Yeah, that is actually borne out by uh, the USA Today NBA Wires uh, sites did a straw poll of our own, and it was close. Uh, Brogdon ended up coming away with it for us and our projections four to three. So I think that's actually probably pretty reflective of how we're going to end up seeing a very, very close race. And it might not go to Brogdon. Well, um, again, people are mining the stuff. So people who want moment to moment updates, they can check that out. But certainly the that race is pretty close. Uh, we have some other bits of news and pieces. But Pat, I know that you are a fan of sneakers. You write about sneakers. I'd be a fan of shoes. You've got nice shoes. What do you think of Jason Tatum's JT1s while we have you here? I think they're a hit. I thought Jordan Brand did a really good job with the first installment of his signature line. Obviously, he's super deserving of his own line. Uh, it was funny at first, you know, the denial of those pictures. He was kind of coy about it. Because <laughs> anytime an image of an unreleased shoe releases online, it, it's always an unflattering picture. That's always the case. But it turns out, like, they're really – they look really good, and there's some really exciting colorways coming out, and super deserving players. So I'm definitely going to be picking up a pair. What's your favorite colorway? Uh, I'm going to go Pink Lemonade. Likewise. That's such a good shoe. Yeah, this dude is ugly. I think from that's start. it's not good. The consensus <laughs> fan favorite. No, I think the pink lemonade. I mean, the the St. Louis inspired like red, white, and blue ones are pretty nice. I like the zoo ones too. I mean, um, I think those are hot colors, but the pink lemonade, head and shoulders for me, above the rest. Um, Pat, any other shoes out there that you're like particularly jazzed about? Just because you're subject matter expert of the sort here. Sticking with Jordan Brand, I really liked Luka Doncic's first shoe. Uh, he, that, those had a really great run of the past year. He de he debuted the second one, the Luka 2, right at the end of the regular season. Obviously, the Mavericks aren't making it to the postseason, so that's the last we're going to see of that, really, until next year. So, fan of the Jordan Luka 1, looking forward to the Jordan Luka 2. And obviously, the LeBron 20 was great. It was really cool because his line had kind of fallen off in recent years. It was always so chunky and heavy and they released in a low top model. So I think it it all came together. You know, LeBron breaking the score, all-time scoring record, his Nike line kind of enjoying a resurgence. It just seemed like it was a full circle moment in his career. So I think the LeBron 20 is going to be one that really stands out from his signature line. Cool. Yeah, I can take that. Um, I like the Jordan, I mean, the Jalen ones, but it remains to be seen if they're all-time classic or not. Uh, okay, a few more other things in the, the way of news, speaking of merchandise. Celtics are number three in uh, merchandise sales in the NBA, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are third and 14th in jersey sales, uh, respectively. Um, J Jason's been up there for a while. Number three is a pretty impressive number, and Celtics are always right there. Pat, no Hawks on this list and no Trey Young in the jersey list. Um, what, what do you think is like the status of Trey Young stardom in the league and in Atlanta? just because it's been a tumultuous season. I think he really just suffered from a rough season. Last year, he cracked the top 10 in jersey sales. And then through the All-Star break, I think he was 11th in jersey sales. 
-hmm. And then obviously his second, you know, back to the shoes, his second signature shoe really fell off. It was clunky and bulky and had no lifestyle appeal. And more than anything, it's just that he had a rough season. I think all of that can be made up for if you're producing on the court at the level we expect, but Obviously, his shooting just wasn't the same this year. In Atlanta, we were all expecting off-ball Trey. We saw him training with Stephen Curry during the summer, bringing DeJounte Murray. We thought this was going to be the second phase and unlock uh, off-ball Trey. That never happened. And not only did it not happen, but his shooting dipped as well. The Hawks won fewer games this year than they did last year. So I think it just all kind of folds in together into performance. Yeah, I think that's a good read. I mean, it's also the big markets – kind of tip the scales here. Jordan Poole is 15th in Jersey sales. So there's also just a little bit of, a bit of math going on here. For um, sure. Do you have a favorite all-time uh, Hawks jersey in your closet? Uh, I really like the MLK jerseys. I think those are by far the the favorite among um, among Hawks fans because they also, again, coincided with that magical 21 Eastern Conference Finals run. But really, uh, I spoke with, um, and he's really active on Twitter. Y'all probably know him, Tom O'Grady. He designed all those iconic NBA jerseys of the 90s. And I asked him what was up with Atlanta changing uniforms so frequently. And he just said it's a franchise in constant identity crisis. So every few years, pretty radical shakeup of the uniforms. Can't ever seem to get it right. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Just not everybody's going to be as lucky as the Celtics. And, or the Lakers and just strike gold from the beginning. So Hawks, yeah. I think, have a distinction of having some of the best uniforms ever produced on an NBA court and also some of the worst uniforms ever produced on an NBA court. It's kind of a fascinating split. And I think it's kind of representative of like the volatility of the Hawks franchise, where it feels like they're always up and they're all or they're always down and there's not a whole lot of in between. Feast or famine, which ones do you like? Um, I love the OG Dominique Wilkins Hawks jerseys. I just think they're for such an iconic, classic look. Uh, and the, you know, later days, like just after Al Horford left Hawks jerseys, the like, I, I don't know how to describe it, like granite gray highlighter yellow block letters jerseys. I mean, oh, those, God, no. <laughs> that was one of the worst jersey experiences I've ever witnessed in my life. Those are polarizing. Yeah. Nothing will ever top the Dallas Mavericks uh, trash bag jerseys, though. Those were <laughs> utterly unbelievable. They were so ugly. And then the the Wizards, the gold and black, the Gilbert yeah. Arenas Wizards, those were pretty raw. Those were tough. The Wizards, the Wizards joined the Hawks and having never really gotten it right, I think. It's a Southeast division thing. Like, I don't know. A lot of teams have, like, moved around. I snail it, though. Yeah. They did move, too, though, so fair point. I just think the classic Hawks unis are doing yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Pac-Man ones, they're those. great. <laughs> Alex, actually, I want to ask you, so Pat, you're in Chattanooga. Alex, you, you spent a part of your youth in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Are people in Nashville, like, who are they de facto NBA fans of? Or is that not a thing? In Nashville, college is way bigger than the NBA, uh, by and large. For those who are NBA fans, there's a mix of Hawks and Grizzlies support. Um, I think- Interesting. When I was there, the Grizzlies were not super good, so they definitely uh, were going through kind of a lull. But I would imagine now that the Grizzlies are probably the most popular team. 
Without a doubt. So Chatt a quick geography lesson. Chattanooga, for people who aren't familiar with Tennessee, Chattanooga is like an hour and a half, two hours tops from Atlanta. It's a solid six hours from Memphis. It's all Grizzlies fans around here. You'll see Grizzlies jerseys, Grizzlies billboards. Just a few weeks ago, John Moran, them, they, they came into town. They packed out State Farm Arena. They, were, yeah, they had Grizzlies chance. So uh, again, just the, the Hawks really do a poor job of marketing to the north of them, which is strange because the Braves do a great job. You'll see Braves billboards and obviously there are different structural, you know, if you really want to dive deep into that, the Braves have the South on lock compared to the Hawks. But yeah, I mean, way more Grizzlies fans in Chattanooga, despite the massive uh, difference in uh, you know proximity to the arenas. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I do think college is always going to be king in the South for, for sure. Uh, for yeah. both football and basketball, college sports just seems like it's been pretty dominant. And it's like the SEC keeps getting better at college hoops. So I think that's probably being more pronounced, not less. I'm um, just quickly, Pat, because I'm curious, then we got to move off this because no one signed up for this conversation. Um, when you turn on, I don't know if you have cable anymore, but do people in Chattanooga get uh, Grizzlies? games or hawks games or like how does that work because i know in some states there's it's like really complicated who has what media rights yeah so there are two teams um it's valley sports south valley sports southeast and um southeast is the hawks south or the memphis grizzlies and oh, basically get every hawks game and most grizzlies games but uh really i'm so locked into the hawks during the season that i really as y'all could tell by my sixth man discussion <laughs> I, I i have blinders on for most of the league fair enough all right just curious i mean again i think it's really cookie cutter for a lot of um markets and then others that's pretty fascinating so anyways um i'm just gonna breeze through the news and then we will hop into the lab and talk about this series we've got coming up the Celtics are mostly very healthy. Jalen Brown practiced today without a wrap on his hand, that, that hand that he cut watering his plants. Long pause. Uh, Marcus Smart says his neck is, he had a pinched nerve, his back to feeling better. He says he's as close to 100% as he's felt in years, which is pretty good, all things considered. Um, other than Gallinari, I suspect the Celtics are going to enter this uh, this series with a clean bill of health, which not nothing when it comes to the postseason. Um can you say the same about the Hawks? The Hawks have any lingering injuries before we like really get into the the series? No, the Hawks have been really healthy all year. Clint Capella came back from the Achilles issues. John Collins' finger turned out not to be an issue. The Hawks can complain about a lot of things, but health can't be one of them. Fair enough. Okay, maybe we will uncover some of that as we hop into what we call the Celtics Lab. And Pat, we're going to lean on you here. We're going to talk about the series coming up. So give the Celtics fans who might have their own blinders up uh, a little catch up on what's good with the Hawks. So how did the season start? How did it end? What's kind of the, the story of the 22, 23 Hawks? Came in with super high expectations coming off the DeJounte Murray trade, but those quickly fell flat and it's become a meme at this point, how mediocre the Hawks were. I heard, you know, uh, John Hollinger had that epic tweet about like, they were one game within 500 for 74, 75 straight days. And even the advanced metrics bared out that they are just painfully average, but really a lot of turmoil this season. The front office was overhauled in December and early February, the big coaching change from Nate McMillan to, um, to Quinn Snyder. So a pretty tumultuous season, to be honest, 
fell flat on expectations. So you really don't know what you're getting from night to night. It was clear early that the state of affairs with the Hawks was choppy. When did you first think, I don't think Nate McMillan is going to end the season here? You know, uh, I think it really came to a head when we started hearing rumors one morning in December that there's this big blow up at practice and that more news was going to be coming soon. Like rumors started leaking out. And then we found out, well, a player got into it with Nate McMillan. And then we could quickly surmise which player it was. So, and then eventually the athletic and everybody, they filled in with the reporting. And really once, uh, and it, it was the day of a game, actually, it was a morning shoot around. So it really wasn't even an intense practice. And Trey Young didn't show up to State Farm Arena that night for the game. And we all knew the writing was on the wall then. And uh, it was a matter of if, but not when, a matter of when, but not if uh, McMillan was going to be uh, relieved of his duties. And um, the all-star break seemed like a pretty good time to do it. And I think the new front office saw an opportunity to snag a great coach and Quinn Snyder and to their credit they did it do we know the terms of Quinn Snyder's deal like how long he's he signed for took it I do I truly don't know if that's four been. years yeah four years eight million dollars per year and this counts as one of them oh that's interesting oh that's really interesting <laughs> good for Quinn Snyder. I also heard that there was some speculation that Snyder would not necessarily like be the GM but would have a pretty heavy hand in player personnel is that accurate that, that is 100 accurate yeah all right, Pat, I want to ask you more about Snyder and really what he's done to the on-the-court product. But first, I'm going to pause the action and talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Grand slams, no-hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official partner of Major League Baseball. New customers in mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. We're supposed to ad-lib something about baseball, but I'm just going to moan about the Red Sox quickly. What the hell? This, this is not... So you're saying I shouldn't be betting on the Red Sox, is what you're saying? Uh, I think you should be betting on the Tampa Bay Rays because it looks as if that team has it figured out. Um, no, you should not be betting on the Red Sox. It sounds like you should be betting on the Red Sox ownership to make a cheap decision. You know, the Red Sox ownership that's looking to buy really high-profile soccer teams in Europe the ones that look like they want to spend money. It's quite offensive. Um, I, I know that people like Kike Hernandez and Chris Sale need to kind of play a little bit better, but goodness gracious, what a, a slap in the face. As someone who just bought pretty expensive Red Sox tickets for tomorrow, uh, boo is what I have to say to that. Okay. Bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit fanduel.com boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. You must be 21 or older and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required and a bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5054-247 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-12. Three, four. Pat, uh, we're familiar with Quinn Snyder because he had, you know, a pretty lengthy run with those jazz teams. And if you squint, I mean, between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and now Trey Young and Clint Capella, um, there's some similar personnel, but how has he changed how the Hawks play offense, defense, or just intangibles? 
So you hit the nail on the head. Pretty similar dynamic. Obviously, pick and roll is the bread and butter. Trey Young is one of the best pick and roll point guards in the NBA. So not much is going to change there. But they have increased their three-point shooting uh, by quite a bit. In fact, Trey gave a pretty interesting quote the last week of the regular season saying sometimes you'll find somebody open in the corner and they're they're kind of it's been ingrained in them from Nate McMillan to look for a different shot. Whereas Quinn Snyder saying, let it fly, just let it fly from outside, keep those three pointers coming. So it's pretty cool. I think you're seeing a difference there. This team isn't a great three point shooting team, unfortunately, but it's really not about the season. It's more about moving forward. This is more of like a, more of a tryout, more of a test period for Quinn Snyder. Also, one thing is he's far more flexible with his rotations. Again, Nate McMillan was pretty um, rigid in his rotations, whereas we're seeing all kinds of different names pop up. Garrison Matthews, Vete Kretschke, a little uh, Trent Forrest action. So really he is much more, uh, Quinn Snyder is much more of an uh, experimenter. He's going to tinker with things and more of a technician. He'll change things during the game, whereas Nate McMillan is, was more of a back to the basics. His big saying was uh, clear, calm, connected. But for such a young team, they need somebody to kind of hold their hand a little bit more on the court. And Steph No of Sporting News, he tweeted this awesome video the other night of Quinn Snyder spotted something on the court. And yeah, yeah, you saw it. And then he turned his back. He, he started pumping his fist because he knew he got his players to recognize it. It ended in Okongwu dunk. So that was really cool for a young team to be figuring it out. Again, it's just it's great to see that the difference in what a difference in coaching style can make. One of the signature things about Quinn Snyder's teams in Utah, basically up until his last year there, was that they were always elite defensive teams. Um, and now, obviously, a lot of that has to do with the personnel as well. But I'm curious, have you seen a defensive improvement under Snyder, even with the Hawks maybe not having the personnel uh, that's necessarily equipped to be an elite defensive team? That's a great question because, no, they've gotten worse under Snyder okay. defensively. Offense has gotten better. Defense has gotten worse. And it's been a large enough sample size now to see what's going on. So, um, again, a lot of that could change this summer. But right now they're worse defensively than they were back in February. And they're hanging their hat on their defense through the first half of the season. So pretty, pretty radical change. Speaking of kind of how the, the Hawks are playing right now, one of the big things that got them over the hump against Miami was just like an unbelievable interior presence, specifically with Clint Capella on the offensive glass. I know that was a, it seemed like that was a point of emphasis against Miami. Is that a point of emphasis for this Hawks team writ large, or was that a one-time dealio? I mean, Clint Capella has done really well this season. Uh, he's battled back from that Achilles issue, which I mentioned earlier. He's really been the unsung hero of the season, to be honest, 11 boards per game. He's not quite at that 2020, 2021 level where uh, he led the league in rebounds. But yeah, Capella's been the unsung hero. And Atlanta has the luxury of having a great backup center and Onyeko Kongwu, who would start for many NBA teams. So yeah, for sure, rebounding is a huge emphasis, a huge point of emphasis for this team. I also think they are a good pairing because they can give you different looks in how they defend. Uh, you, you're not going to see Clint Capella out near the perimeter at all, but at least you can put Onyeka out there and have some success. For sure, for sure. Definitely, um, they complement each other well defensively and that they are both um, they both play well and pair well with Trey, most importantly. And one more piece of that that I think makes a lot of sense for the Hawks team and kind of as their identity is taking shape is that 
um, getting offensive rebounders like Capella and Okongwu and John Collins and all of these big bodies that can kind of crash the glass allows Trey Young to be a volume shooter in a little bit more of a capacity than he would if he were on a team that didn't get a lot of offensive rebounds where efficiency concerns are maybe not as severe if you know that you're going to get a lot of second chance points and a lot of extra shots for guys like Trey Young. No doubt. This roster for the past few years has been constructed specifically for really since day one, since he arrived, it's been constructed to accentuate his, his strengths and try to hide his weaknesses. So, yeah, I mean, again, he's very, I mean, he's very similar to Luka Doncic in many ways. I mean, like the roster construction really needs to be perfect to bring out the best in them. I mean, he's not a LeBron who you can just throw in there and, or, or Jason Tatum, you can kind of just throw in there and he, he's going to make their play, the players around them better. Like they really, it's a tight puzzle to make it work. And I think front office has done a pretty good job of that. All right. We're going to pause the action real quick. And we want to talk about our friends over at BetterHelp. This is a sponsor that we're really happy to work with um, because we really believe in the service that they provide. And we've talked, our kind of our theme here is that this is all about breaking down the barriers that might exist and the uh, stigmas that might exist around therapy. But I want to talk about the former point because what they do is you fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time at no additional charge. It's online, it's convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. And I think that that's a huge selling point that, you know, you you want a little bit of help, you want to meet a health professional or a health service and you don't want another thing on your plate so that it is convenient and flexible is a really really big deal um so if you want to discover your potential with better help visit betterhelp.com slash self lab today and get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp.com slash self lab all right back to our conversation with pat benson okay pat game starts uh, game one starts 3 30 on saturday how do you think Atlanta is approaching this series? Obviously, as a team, they're going to, you know, approach it, be professional, give it their all. But I don't think anybody in their right mind expects Atlanta to win more than one game at best against Boston. I mean, I just must the- be crazy because I predicted a six game series, but only because I think that the Hawks are going to be hot on one game. OK, I'm expecting it probably game three uh, okay. and maybe this this is probably the most likely scenario where it happens, where we all think what what you just said. Yeah. But I don't fault you this because, like you said, you've had blinders on the whole season. The Celtics have had this terrible habit of not taking yeah. teams that are that they are supposed to be easily seriously. So I'm still worried about that. If they if they prove me wrong, I'll be excited, elated, but I need to see it first. Well, they you hopefully you're right. They did sweep the series against Atlanta, three games, zero. And then the Easter Sunday game, obviously both teams set out all their players, but still Peyton Pritchard was handing out buckets. And it's just, Boston's just the superior team. And of course, Atlanta's going to take a professional approach to it. But honestly, they're probably booking their their Cancun reservations as we speak. <laughs> wow. I The candor. Yeah, I love it. Um, Let's say hypothetically, um, they're going to make it a real series. What do you think is the X factor that suddenly tips things in Atlanta's favor? I guess if 2021 Trey Young makes an appearance, that would be great. And then if um, Jalen Brown continues to water his flowers every single day, I think that would be helpful. 
if uh, Jason Tatum goes missing, that could be beneficial to the Hawks' chances. So, yeah, I'd say all three. Those are my three keys to success in the series. Yeah. Uh, people on the YouTube crowd, uh, they know that we're, <laughs> we're laughing year to year here. But, um, Pat, that's that's dirty work <laughs> for Hawks fans. Oh, my God. You know, what um, was dirty work was the ESPN graphic. They showed Jalen's, like, his hand, like, his little hand was all, like, wrapped up. And then they said watering the flies. he cut it like picking up a broken vase like we know what it was but they did him dirty with the graphic it was espn not me jalen um if you ever listen to the celtics lab podcast my brother uh i i have this great technology for you it's crazy thing it's called a broom um please consider using it for future glass picking up endeavors oh they make good things out of plastic these days um Mm. that's great pat um Pat, this is a little off script, but when Jalen Brown's name pops up in trade rumors, which we think unfairly happens a lot, his, he is tied to Atlanta. He's, you know, he's an Atlanta kid. Um, let's not give too much credence to the to those going anywhere, but do people in Atlanta want the Hawks to make a move for Jalen Brown? Like, what's the Atlanta point of view on that? Oh, my God, yes. Jalen Brown is beloved in Atlanta. He he polls higher than outcast in Atlanta. Like, <laughs> If you want wow. to, if you want to get some engagement on a tweet, like, and I might do it as a social experiment during the series, like, just say, "Wow, this Jalen Brown uh, performance—he's really trying to get on the Hawks or something." And it, the tweet's going to do numbers. Like, people love Jalen Brown; they really think he's going to end up back in Atlanta. Not sure how it's going to work, especially with Dejounte Murray here. So that would be quite tricky, but. Yeah, people are convinced that it, that he will end up playing for the Hawks eventually. He's that highly thought of down here. Well, if we do find ourselves in some crazy upside-down land where Jalen does not accept the Supermax that he's going to get as a forward, <laughs> you could give us DeJounte for him. I would be okay with that. that would be I would not be okay with that. Jalen Brown, you are going to be a Celtic for at least the next five years, my guy, please. I'm only saying in this upside-down world, Alex. Don't don't get it twisted. Oh, are y'all are y'all sure that he wants to stay in Boston? We've been debating this so much that we'll probably make your ears bleed if we really get into it. So we don't know. I think yeah. he's going to want to team up with Kyrie Irving this summer. Pat, we should never have invited you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, upsetting. <laughs> honestly, well, to your point, I do think that Jalen's a community oriented guy, and perhaps he would be happier back home or somewhere else but the amount of money that boston will be able to offer him with this all nba extension that justin's alluding to um that's a lot of money to turn down to water your plants elsewhere i don't know but if it does happen though you get more players back in return which is not a bad thing uh i am not in any way suggesting i want this to happen i'm just damage control yeah the official stance of the celtics podcast is the celtics should not trade jalen brown but jalen brown should make his own decisions because he's you know an empowered adult the boston media mafia has spoken yeah that's us we really pull the strings we actually uh, the um the guys on the radio those are false flags that we've planted just to yeah. ryan Rosillo, bill simmons they're just the godfather pulling yeah gotcha yeah i see pat gets it all right well that's a well, let's end on that note that's a wonderful note to end on um well let's end on one last note pat uh, official prediction for the series yeah, I'll say Celtics in five. Alex? I think it's going to be Celtics in four, to be honest. 
uh, Celtics guess, in three. I, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, I think Celtics in, in, I think Celtics in six. I I think that that magical Hawks team is still there. I think Quinn Snyder is a very good coach. I think the Celtics are demonstrably the better team, but I think that they can blow one game and the Hawks can win one game. So it will not actually be a series, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it's tied two two this time next Sunday. Justin. That's my line, man. I, I don't know how to add to that. So uh, let's hope that they make me look like a fool because I would like that. Sure. Yeah, I'd like to be wrong about this. All right, Pat, tell the people where they can find your stuff and um, we'll get you out of here. For sure. Just follow me on social media at Pat underscore Benson underscore Junior. And I tweet out all my work. So just give me a follow in there. And uh, guys, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Huge fan of what you're doing. Yeah, likewise. I would like to let everyone know that this episode of the Celtics Up Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. Pat Benson, Pat underscore Benson underscore Junior, thank you so much. Alex, Justin, thank you as always. Listeners, like and subscribe to never miss an episode, and we will see you soon. Adios.